Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Today, I am bringing you two cold cases from the state of Texas. The first case is about the death of 13-year-old Veronica Taylor. On the morning of Thursday, March 26, 1987, the body of Veronica was found in a snow-covered field in eastern Lubbock County, Texas. Although her case remains unsolved, some believe that she may have been the victim of infamous serial killer Samuel Little. Today's second case is about the death of 32-year-old mother, Lena Howard. On August 22, 1998, the remains of Lena were found under a bridge in Mansfield, Texas. Initially listed as Jane Doe for years, her family called police departments searching for Lena. Despite her identity being known now and her cause of death being determined, decades later, her case remains unsolved. I'm your host, Nisa. Welcome to the Lost Crimes Library podcast. These are the haunting stories of the unsolved murders of Veronica Taylor and Lena Howard. Lubbock is a mid-sized Texas city that straddles the Panhandle and the Permian Basin oil fields. For those of us who are geographically challenged or just don't live in Texas, it is around 345 miles northwest of Dallas, Texas. Lubbock is known nationally as the home of Texas Tech University, and it's a city of around a quarter of a million people in an otherwise rural area of Texas. This makes the city a cultural, educational, and medical and economic center for the region. Although Lubbock is considered a small metropolis, there are many rural areas within the city, even more so back in 1987, which is when our story takes place. Veronica Taylor was 13 years old in 1987, and she was a sixth grade student attending Murphy Elementary School. Her family and she lived in what was then called the Phoenix Apartments. On the evening of Wednesday, March 25, 1987, Veronica left a relative's home, also located in the Phoenix Apartments complex in Lubbock, but she never made it home. The next morning, she was found dead in the field on the other side of Lubbock. Her body laid in a snow-covered field adjacent to Farm to Market Road, 1729. What was interesting was that her body was discovered very far from her home. By car, her body was located 10 to 15 miles away from her home. 
Evidence collected from the scene of where her body was found included a comb and school supplies in Veronica's pockets. When a banker on his way to work noticed Veronica's body just before 7 a.m., he was horrified by what he saw and immediately called the police. Detectives took note of the disturbing treatment her body received. Veronica's panties had been tied around her neck and her face was almost unidentifiable. They realized that she had been severely beaten by the perpetrator's fist. After the medical examiner examined Veronica's body, it was revealed that Veronica had been strangled and sexually assaulted, but it wasn't strangulation that killed her. According to the medical examiner, it was one single blow to the back of Veronica's head that killed her, and the killing blow came from an instrument that struck the left-hand side of her skull. The sheriff at the time was convinced that because this murder happened in broad daylight, that someone out there had to have seen what happened to Veronica and possibly could ID her killer. Police learned that Veronica and a friend had been seen going into another apartment unit two days before she died. Police were starting to come up with the theory that someone from the Phoenix Apartments was responsible for killing Veronica Taylor, but they still haven't been able to find proof or any leads that could lead to an arrest of a suspect. In 2008, the Lubbock County Sheriff's Office said they had a fresh set of eyes on the case and had no plan in giving up on solving the case. They were hoping that DNA testing could bring forward some major leads. New technologies regarding DNA have made strides since 1987, and they were hoping that the evidence they collected could be resubmitted for analysis and some answers would come out of it. But unfortunately, there were no new leads, and the case was officially labeled a cold case a few years later in 2012. Over the years, the case of Veronica Taylor has been connected with the serial killer Samuel Little. Some of you listening may know that Samuel Little is a serial killer who was convicted in 2012 for three murders that took place in California in the late 1980s. Then in 2018, he was convicted of another murder that happened in Odessa, Texas in 1994. The FBI considers Little to be an interstate serial killer who was active for numerous years and is one of the most prolific serial killers that ever lived. As of 2020, Samuel Little confessed to 93 murders over 35 years, and the FBI has verified 50 of those confessions. However, Little has only been arrested, tried, and convicted for four murders. There are theories out there that suggest Veronica Taylor could have been a victim of Samuel Little. And here's why people suggest this theory. In Lubbock, there were four murders, Three were women and one was a child. That child was Veronica Taylor, and these murders took place between 1987 and 2004. As you know, Veronica was killed in March 1987, but there was also Bobby Ann Fields, who was found dead in a field on the outskirts of Lubbock in August 1993. She had been beaten to death and her murder went unsolved for decades, just like with Veronica Taylor's case. Samuel Little was actually convicted of this murder for Bobby Ann Fields in 2018 after he made a confession. I must say that after doing research on this murder, I struggle to believe that this confession is truthful, but I think I will save the details as to why I believe that for a future episode. There was also Cynthia Palacio, who was found dead in July 2003 on a rural road in Southeast Lubbock County. And there was also Linda Trevina Carbajal, who was found dead on a rural road in April 2004. 
Those two women were both 21 at the time of their deaths. Cynthia was found partially nude from the waist down, and there were signs she had been strangled to death. Linda died from blunt force trauma to the head, but she was also strangled. Investigators determined that these two murders were related, and they deemed their deaths as the result of a serial killer on the loose. Both women were sex workers, and in 2005, the Lubbock County Sheriff's Office told reporters that they think the suspect was a Hispanic male, but the Texas Rangers never confirmed the suspect description in subsequent media releases. These are the main reasons why some propose that maybe Samuel Little killed Veronica in 1987. Veronica Taylor was killed only six years before Bobby Ann Fields. Veronica's body was discarded in a very similar fashion as Bobby Ann's. Not to mention, Little claims to have been in Texas during this time, as he confessed to Bobby Ann Fields' murder. Both victims were strangled and beaten, including with what investigators at the time said appeared to be fists. Veronica's murder shares a lot of similarities with crimes that Samuel Little has admitted to. However, she didn't fit the profile of Little's typical victim, and he didn't confess to Veronica's murder specifically. This doesn't rule Little out completely, but it is an interesting theory that I think is worth noting. Those in Veronica's family believe that Veronica would have never gone off with a stranger, so they believe whoever killed her knew her well. And if we believe the family's theory, then that would exclude Samuel Little as a suspect. Sadly, a few months after Veronica died, her mother died in a car crash, never knowing who killed her daughter. Veronica is remembered as a bright little girl who loved going to school and singing in her church choir, and her family has never given up on bringing her killer to justice. 25 years later, Veronica's aunt, Laureen Taylor, had a message for Veronica's killer. Quote, Let us know why you did what you did. That child, she hadn't done anything to you. You've taken an innocent life of a child that hadn't even begun to live yet. Now you've taken all that away from her. You don't even know what she could have been in life. She could have been a doctor, a lawyer, somebody who helped the homeless, or anybody you know. But you've taken all that away from her. We will never know what she could have been. End quote. Three decades later, this young girl's brutal homicide has yet to be solved. That means there is a possibility that her killer is still out there, searching for their next victim. This murder happened before modern-day DNA technology, so evidence at the scene was largely contaminated, and because of this, it is hard for police to crack the case. This is why it's so important to get more attention to her case. Maybe someone out there who is listening to this podcast knows something about what happened to Veronica Taylor. Texas Crime Stoppers is offering a cash reward of up to $3,000 to any person who provides information that leads to the arrest of the person or persons responsible for the murder of Veronica Taylor. To be eligible for the cash rewards, tipsters must call the Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-252-TIPS. All tips are anonymous and tipsters will be provided a tip number instead of using a name. Lena Mae Howard was just 32 years old when her body was found beneath a bridge in Mansfield, Texas, in August 1998. 
On August 22nd, police arrived at the bridge and found a severely decomposed body, making it incredibly challenging for police to identify the victim. Because of this, Lena was initially listed as a Jane Doe. Meanwhile, Lena's mother, Kenzetta, was worried about her daughter. Lena was from Fort Worth, Texas, and had left her two daughters in the care of her mother. According to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Lena in recent years had drifted apart from her friends and worked temporary jobs to make ends meet. Before her death, Lena was working as a cook at Good Luck Drive-In, and she was still a member of her local church, the Greater Mount Moriah Baptist Church. Although Lena did not visit her family often, Kenzetta said that her daughter would frequently call relatives. But suddenly, in late June 1998, these calls to relatives stopped, and this is when Kenzetta feared for her daughter's well-being. Kenzetta placed calls to the Mansfield Police Department every week for several months, checking to see if her daughter was in the custody of police, or maybe even if her body had been found. But she never filed a missing persons report, and she always referred to her daughter by her name, because she didn't think that her daughter could be listed as a Jane Doe. Eventually, Kenzetta's niece told her to ask about unidentified bodies. When Kenzetta called the Mansfield Police Department asking if they had any Jane Doe's that had yet to be identified by family, the medical examiner said that the police had discovered the nude body of a female beneath a bridge on August 22, 1998. On this call, Kenzetta was asked to provide dental records to help them identify the body. Kenzetta provided them for the medical examiner, and the results determined that the remains found in August were that of Lena Howard. In an autopsy report, it was indicated that Lena was a victim of a homicide due to the fact that her cause of death was blunt force trauma. In this report, it was also specified that Lena's body had been under the bridge since June. That's a few months prior to her being found. Despite her body being found nude, in my research I could not find anywhere that the autopsy report indicated sexual assault. According to the detective at the time, Detective David Wally, investigators met with Lena's family and tried to uncover clues that would help them find out what happened to Lena and hopefully bring her killer to justice. However, since 1998, her case has turned cold and her killer has never been brought to justice. I couldn't find much information out there about her case, like more details from the autopsy report or the police department's theories for what happened to her or who her killer could possibly be. I'm assuming that if her family talked to police, as the police claimed, then they would have revealed if they knew about anyone who would want to harm Lena. So maybe if it wasn't someone close to her or her family, then maybe it was a stranger? I do find it interesting that she died from blunt force trauma, was found naked, and her body was abandoned in a hidden location, especially since there were other similar murders during this time in Texas. Mansfield, Texas is a few hundred miles southeast of Lubbock, Texas, where Veronica Taylor's murder took place. Since some believe that Veronica could have been a victim of Samuel Little, an interstate serial killer, maybe Little stumbled upon Lena as he was leaving the area. However, this is pure speculation and relies on the theory that Samuel Little could have killed Veronica Taylor, which has never been proven true, and which is a theory I don't entirely buy into. I'm not saying that I think these cases are connected, but I do wonder if police ever considered if Lena was a victim of any serial killer who was operating during that time in Texas. Or maybe they believe her death was the result of a random attack. I don't know, because there is very little public information out there about this case, even three decades later. And I understand that sometimes police departments keep info close to their vests, 
in fear that they might release too much information and tip the killer off. But what could it hurt to release more information three decades later, when her case has gotten nowhere and is still cold? Texas Crime Stoppers is offering a cash reward of up to $3,000 to any person who provides information that leads to the arrest of the person or persons responsible for the murder of Lena Howard. To be eligible for the cash rewards, tipsters must call the Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-252-TIPS. All tips are anonymous. Tipsters will be provided a tip number instead of using a name. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. Please follow and share the podcast. It will help bring much-needed attention to these important cases. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at the LCL Pod and on Instagram at the Lost Crimes Library Pod. See you next week with a new episode. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.